Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Royce and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are going to look at a veritable bestiary of strange and unusual creatures, including vampires, the dog demon, the devil himself, and the poisoned fish. Yes, the poisoned fish. This and much more is all coming up on this episode. And this is something of a strange episode for me personally, because while I might give the impression that I have no idea what I'm talking about and I'm, I'm making this up as, as I go along. Most of the episodes are based on subjects that I've researched and written about and spoken about a lot in the past. If we look at Santos Doinwen recently, uh, Doinwen has appeared in at, at least two of my books in countless newspaper articles and radio interviews and things. So I'm quite confident when it comes to recording the episodes about them. But in this case, we are going to look at a collection of strange stories which I stumbled across by accident this week while reading a book. And I say book lightly, this thing is massive. It's the size of, of a Yellow Pages, of, well, of, of an old Yellow Pages. I imagine the Yellow Pages is quite thin nowadays. But this, this tome, this absolute brick of a book called The History of the Vale of Neath, which was published in 1925 and... I was not reading it expecting to find anything suitable for the podcast. I was reading it because I wanted to know about the history of the Vale of Neath. But as you do, or as I do, I naturally had a quick look to see if there was anything unusual in there. Any tales of, of hauntings and fairies and this, that and the other. And it just so happens there is a huge whopping section dedicated entirely to strange apparitions. And some of the miscellaneous apparitions in this book include vampires, dog demons, the devil, and that poison fish. And so, while I'm usually talking about things that I've been researching for years, this week we are going to look at subjects that I have literally stumbled across in the last few days. And the other reason I've chosen to talk about them on this episode is regular listeners might remember at the start of the year, I asked for any suggestions people might have for upcoming episodes. And one of them was a request to have more creatures, folkloric creatures on this podcast. And here's the proof that I do read, reply and listen to every suggestion and message that I get sent. And here is the result. This creatures episode has been put together, especially because I was asked to do more creatures. And that is why we are going to cram in all of the, the vampires, the dogs, the devils and the fish. Yes, poison fish into this one episode. Now, I mentioned that I found these in a book about the history of the Vale of Neath, so it won't be a surprise to learn that most of these stories are all based in Neath. But one of the great things about this book is that it does look at things from the, the, the bigger picture then, as it were. So things might happen in Neath, but then the author, D. Rhys Phillips, looks outwards at where these things happen elsewhere in Wales, 
and then further afield. So, so Cornwall or the Isle of Man or wherever these places might have a connection with the phenomena that he is writing about. Now, when I've spoken about the Vale of Neath in the past on this podcast, and just to be clear, it is the Vale of Neath we are talking about, not just the town Neath, but the entire Vale, the valley. And this valley, which takes in all of the, the surrounding areas like Resolvern and Caddickston and the, the wonderfully, wonderfully named Bleiner Grach. And Grach is a Welsh language word you will hear quite often on this podcast because it means witch. And this is an area which, again, you will hear about quite often on this podcast for, well, for two reasons, really. The first one is that it has the nickname of Waterfall Country because there's a heck of a lot of waterfalls there and quite famous ones which attracted some quite well-known romantic visitors in the past. I think the most high-profile of them would probably have to be JMW Turner, the English landscape painter who, if well, if, if you don't know who Turner is, <laughs> this isn't the time and the place for me to go into all of that right now. But this waterfall country is also famous because around the early Victorian times, it developed a reputation for being the heartland of the Welsh fairy folk, Utaloth Teg. Now, we're not going to dwell on the Utaloth Teg in this episode. There are, there are plenty of other episodes out there you can go back and listen to if you'd like to know more about them. But very quickly, the origin of the little folk is that they were said to have begun life many, many, many years ago in the northern parts of Wales, probably in the Snowdonian Mountains. They came down towards the south slowly, and by the 19th century, they had set up home in waterfall country in the Vale of Neath. But as mentioned, we are not going to look at the fairy folk. We are going to look at such things as vampires, demon dogs, devils, and poison fish. And to start with, here's a tale called The Strange Companion, which was related to the author by a Mr. E. Geosmith of Neath Abbey, who we are told is a local expert for more than 30 years, a diligent student of local names and legends. So this is a man who knows his stuff, or certainly when it comes to Neath. And he tells us a little story which takes place in the village of Skewin, and it's, it's a contemporary tale. So this is one which would have been presumably in the early 1900s, around the time this book was being written. And to quote, a farmer's girl repairing homewards at a late hour on a dark night, found that she was being followed by some ambulin creature, which presently caught her up and travelled by her side. Walking home at night, after dark, strange creature, the warning signs are already there. She described it as an animal somewhat resembling a calf, and having reached the house, she reported the matter to her master, saying that... The devil had followed her. Now, how she leaped from some kind of calf-looking creature to the devil? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it had glowing red eyes. Maybe it had the smell of brimstone about it. But she told her master the devil had followed her home. He flew to his gun and scoured the neighbourhood, but saw nothing. But next morning, strange animal footprints were found leading to and from the house which seemed to confirm the girl's story. And ever since, the track, this track in Skewing, 
has been known as, in Welsh, Llwybr a Cathral, or, in English, the Devil's Pathway. And if you happen to find yourself in Skewin and fancy retracing the steps of the Devil, or at least a very strange-looking animal, you now know where to head to. Now, the next little miscellaneous tale he gathers together for us is one called the Dog Demon. Now, demonic dogs are a regular feature in Welsh folklore. They're a regular feature on this podcast. In fact, episode seven is dedicated entirely to the Gwethki, the Dog of Darkness, if you did fancy checking that out afterwards. And it does tie in with this tale from the Vale of Neath, because the Dog Demon, we are told, is fabled to appear in the shape of a black dog, much like the Gwethki, usually at night. Again, a popular time for, for the demon dogs to appear, but sometimes on a Sunday morning. And again, we do have tales about this because, so it is said, people who were out and about on Sunday mornings might have been doing things late on Saturday night that really, by the time God's Day came around, they should have... They should not have been doing those things anymore, and the dog of darkness turns up to show them the error of their ways. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. In Neath, this dog, this dog demon, demands entry to your house. Now, this is a new feature. This isn't something, as far as I know, the Gwithki and the other demonic dogs are known for doing. This one comes up to your front door. Actually, no, no, sorry, it's, it's, it comes up to your back door, not your front door. See, I did apologise at the start. This is a new subject to me as well, so I'm not as au fait with it as I should be. But this dog, it comes up to your back door and, unless driven away, will not go away. It will hop and moan and howl each time entry is denied. At other times... He roams over the country roads. Again, this is, we're back on familiar territory again now. And we are told this is all very similar to another local myth, legend, creature, whatever you want to call it, known as Erki D. That's Ur Y Welsh for the Ki C I D D U, the black dog. So the dog demon has many similarities with Erki D, which has many similarities with the Gwethki except for the fact that, as far as I know, the Gwethki doesn't howl and moan until you let it in your back door. And on that note, I think we should probably move on swiftly to the poison fish, that good old poison fish. Now, the poison fish in Welsh, Pascotin Gwenwinig, is a name given to a, and I quote, a vermin fish that haunted less than 30 years ago. So, again, early 1900s, maybe the late 1800s. The little whirlpool below Puth Agarn, which marked the mouth of the culverted Nant Aglaisiaid. Now, I'm not entirely sure where this is myself, but we are told that it is on the southern verge of Anis William Griffith, now almost covered with the screen coal tips of the Abbot Garwood collieries. Now, my, my geography of the old collieries of Neath isn't particularly good. Maybe it'll be much better when I finish reading this this history book about Neath. And if anyone can help me pinpoint this place, that would be lovely. But all I know is it's an area on the southern verge of Annis William Griffith, now almost covered with the screen coal tips of the Abba 
Garouet collieries. And this creature, we are told, this poison fish, was not of large size, but it always inspired dread. So it's a small poison fish, but I guess it's it's the poison rather than the size of the fish that people are, are scared about here. And we are told that possibly it was a species of water snake. And we are also told of a nearby frog. Yes, if, if a poison fish, which might have been a snake, wasn't enough, there was also a frog. And tradition has it that it was the spirit of a malefactor who had been doomed to dwell in one of the pools. And whenever it sought relief, it roamed abroad in the form of a frog. I guess that means it, it, it had to turn into a frog to leave the water or, or something. I don't know. But after those, those somewhat inconclusive tales of snakes and frogs, you'll be glad to know the next one has much more detail and it's much more diabolical because this sees the return of the devil to Neath or the evil one as they like to refer to him in these tales, where people don't really like to say the devil's name. Because, you know, by saying the devil aloud, it, it could bring some, some bad luck to you. So let's just say the, the evil one. Although it's probably a bit late for me because I, I have said the devil quite a few times on this episode, probably hundreds of times on this podcast to date. But anyway, we are told that in their severe piety, the grandfathers of the present generation, the present people of Neath, were one to believe that extremely wayward and cruel men invariably sold themselves to the father of evil. Another good description and another way of avoiding saying devil, the father of evil. And there's a quote in Welsh, Wedi i gwerthi i'r cathrael, sold themselves to the devil. A bit like we would think of selling your, your soul to the devil. And to illustrate this, there is the tale of a wild upland farmer who never darkened a church door. Already a bad sign, never went to church. And to quote, he was a man of dark brows, as in eyebrows, dark eyebrows, eyes of greed, unkempt in dress, heavy on the beer whenever he descended to the plain, and cruel both to his household and his dogs. All of which is a, is a pretty bleak picture of this man. And being, I mean, being cruel to, to anyone is bad, but being cruel to dogs in Welsh folklore is, it's just asking for trouble. We Just minutes ago, we were talking about the demon dog. Does, the, does this man have no sense? But anyway, clearly he doesn't, or he would not have sold himself to the devil. And that is how you recognize somebody who has done just that. And if you've been very bad, extra, extra bad, there is a chance you might come back after passing over into the next life as a vampire. Now, vampires are something I have looked into quite a lot in, in Welsh folklore, partly because there isn't a great deal to talk about, but what there is to talk about is, is quite unique, and there's some, there are some absolutely bonkers tales of vampirism out there, which I will save for another day, but this one in Neath I will, I will tell you about now, because it does tie in with all our other tales. And we are told that, from tales told by travelling ministers, one writer gleaned an account of a reputed witch in the Vale of Neath who after death, received the attentions of a vampire. 
So th- th- there's quite a lot to take in there, I think. There's a witch in Neath, or the Vale of Neath. She dies, and her dead body, it would appear, has been tampered with by something that people believe might be one of those blood-sucking creatures, neither living nor dead. Some friends sat the night through to watch beside the fire, which was the custom of Goilnos. Now, Goilnos it is, is a Welsh language word again, and it's almost like a, a wake where you sit up and commemorate them. And it's, it's not an altogether sombre affair. You, you don't just sort of sit around sobbing. People get together, drink beer. That, that's always the case with, with these Welsh events. There's always beer. Uh, probably cake. I don't know for certain, but I imagine there was a good bit of cake eating going on and playing cards and having a bit of fun. And there just happened to be a dead body there as well. Well, this was going on with the body of a witch. So this can't have been one of these these stereotypical witches with no friends out in the woods on their own. Clearly, there was enough friends or enough people to gather around and have this wake over her dead body. Or, or maybe they just wanted a beer and cake, I don't know. But anyway, these people gathered around and during that vigil, they repeatedly heard a scratching noise in the death chamber, but were afraid to enter it. And who can blame them, really? If there's a dead body and there's scratching sounds coming out of it, I might, I might think twice as well. I might stick to the beer and cake. But in the morning, they found the witch's body covered with innumerable marks as if formed by suction. There were marks all over the body as if somebody had been... If that's how you do a, a sucking noise on a podcast, I've, I've never attempted to, to record a sucking noise before. There was a going on throughout the night. There was a scratching and there was sucking and something appeared to be draining this witch's blood in the night during that going nose, during that wake that was going on. Then the women said vampires had been at work all night and the funeral was hastened for fear the body would be entirely devoured what what a horrific image to to wrap up that tale with i mean i think most of us when we think of vampires we are thinking of the more sort of 20th century bella lugosi christopher lee that more sort of suave dracula who comes in and maybe nibbles your neck and then brings you back to life this one in the veil of neath by all accounts was going to turn up with a, a knife and fork and devour every last morsel this is very this is more nosferatu this is max shrek isn't it not not gary oldman but that's the tale of the vampire in the veil of neath and that wraps up that little miscellaneous collection of creatures which were terrorizing oh not not all terrorizing but certainly lurking in and around the veil of neath in 1925 when this volume was recorded now as always if you've got any comments to make or any suggestions it's always wonderful to hear from people so maybe maybe you've seen a vampire tucking away on a witch in the Vale of Neath. Maybe you've seen poisoned fishes in wherever you are in the world. Poisoned fishes in Germany, in, in Ireland, where 
wherever you are, I'm quite easy to track down. Just do a search for Mark Reese and put journalist in or author or something, and you will find my website on a search engine, or you can find me on social media. I'm on all the main sites, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you have enjoyed this little compendium, there are more tales of ghosts and witches in this volume, which I would like to go back to sooner rather than later. Not not too soon, because I don't want this to become the, the Neath podcast, but certainly in the next few months, we will revisit some of the other topics in this book. And as always, if you don't want to miss any of those or any of the other spine-chilling episodes coming up, please consider hitting the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode ever. And as I mentioned at the start, this episode did come about by it's a, a very fortunate accident, really. I just, I happened to be reading this book at this time and I happened to get a request to do more episodes about creatures, folkloric creatures, and this is the end result. So if you do have any suggestions yourself of what you would like more of on this podcast, or less of even, maybe you want less poison fish, then again, let me know and I will do my best to accommodate everyone. And on that note, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian am grando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast. It's the best. It's the beautiful. It is the only Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. Until next time, no star. <laughs>